Welcome to Stat Stuffers. I am your host, Reese, and today I am joined by my co host, Dylan. How are what you? What it do? What it do? What I'm it good, do? What it do? So, with the NBA Finals starting in just two days, this is your quintessential recap of everything to do with the playoffs so far. So, we're going to be going series by series, breaking down the biggest storylines and stats from each one. And we've got a lot to get to, so let's just jump straight into it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So, let's start with the Bucks and the Magic. Dylan, what were your key takeaways? Key takeaways was that the Bucks look vulnerable from the jump. Mm. You know, they had a rough sort of, they had a rough bubble experience with the rest of the seeding games. And then an unconvincing win against the Magic, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people really expected them to just come out and absolutely dominate. And when they dropped game one, that had people panicking. Game, game one was big. That was a real, you know, shock to the system for the Bucks. I think. You know, and not to say that the, you know, Magic didn't earn that win. They really went out there and they got that win. But, like, I th- I don't think many people would argue that the Bucks should have just swept the Magic or, like, really just hand- handled them convincingly and not lost a game one in particular. Exactly. And on paper, it was a convincing rest of the series. But even still, you thought something's, something's amiss I here. Picked from- up. Something's, yeah. you know, not quite right. Like, so, obviously, Giannis went out there and performed, but... I think the big issue was Chris Middleton, only 15 points a game. Yeah, and the rest of the team you know, behind that as well. So it was really Giannis sort of leading the way for the Bucks, as he does, but sort of more than he ne- should have against the Magic. Yeah, he really shouldn't have needed to do all of that against the Magic. And then, you know, you you leave Chris Middleton. And if Chris Middleton's looking weak, if Giannis has it off game, you know, where does that leave you? You know, game one happens, you know. Game one. So but Vucevic, big, big Vooch. numbers for that series. Vooch! Let's go to Vooch, Vooch Island, Island baby. Vooch Island. 28 <laughs> points, 11 rebounds, four boards, 40% from three shooting, a fair few of them. Yeah. You love to see that. You love to see it. Like, I think Vooch, you know, people will argue that Vooch is a little bit overrated at times. I think people have definitely said that in the past, but like, he yeah. really went out there and he performed where he needed to perform. Exactly. Like, ultimately, the re- they got beat, but. The rest of the team is sort of. The next leading scorer was Terrence Ross with 16 points. So the drop-off was real behind Vucevic. Yeah, so, I mean, it's weird to think that it was like a Vooch versus Giannis series, but I guess you could even say it was that. <laughs> Which makes sense. Like, you'd, think, you'd think in a one-on-one, Vooch would like grab one point in there and then Giannis would get the rest. Yeah. It, yeah, it was quite a series. And you've got quite a stat on Terrence Ross, I see here. Right, so with these interesting stats, so I... Throughout the playoffs, and you can follow us on Twitter at StatStuffers to see this sort of stuff. So throughout these playoffs, I've been tweeting out really random, weird, specific, and just meaningless stats, essentially. Because like people always complain about how you know stat websites just make these stats up to make like players look better. That's what I did. I, I really like bought into that, and I love it. So this stat is... It's probably... It might be my favorite one that I actually did tweet out, because it was a weird discovery. So in game four of the first round, Terrence Ross scored 19 points. That was his third highest scoring playoff performance of his career, but high scoring games from Ross, pretty bad for, for his teams because anytime Terrence Ross scores more than 10 points up to this game, his teams were 1-10 and 10 in the playoffs. 
So that if is... Terrence Ross is winning, if Terrence Ross is scoring, they are not it winning. It means you're losing, which is yes. not a good sign when his average is 16 for the series. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, follow us on follow us on Twitter at StatStuffers to see stats from that throughout the entire playoffs. So we'll be going through one of them for every single series here, but there's quite a few that didn't make the cut for this episode. All right, shall we move on to the Raptors and the Nets? Let's do it. All right. So big takeaway from this game, from this series. Sorry, the Raptors look pretty good. They did look very dominant. The first, first series sweep that I can first remember. Sweep. I think it is just their first sweep in franchise history. Is it actually? Yeah, I think it was like their third game one win when they won that game wow. one. And I knew like once they got that game one, they were going for it. Game one was big. But no, like, they had a great series, the Raptors. Seven guys over nine points a game for the series. Yeah. Like ultimately what it comes down to is like like the Nets were very, very injured. They, they did put up who, a fight. They put up a fight, but, you know, you're, you're going against the defending chaps. Sands, quite Leonard, but still a great overall team. Really great defensively. And they just went out there and took care of business. They had some pretty dominant wins in there. Exactly. Karis Levert did all he could. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 9.5 assists, 43% from 3. But, you know, such an injured squad. A lot of guys that didn't come to the bubble for them. No KD, no Kyrie, you know. It was going to be a tough series, so they put up a fight, but still got swept. I wonder if people were... I, I think a lot of people did pick them to win one, but like, I guess that's credit to the Raptors for just like going out there and just pulling, the, like, pulling things together. I did say Raps in five. I wasn't going to say sweep until I saw it, but you know they came out and did it. I had, See, I'm pretty proud because I had Bucks in five and Raps in four going into it. That's a, <laughs> so, that's a good call. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, you know what? The Magic can steal one and the Raps will be dominant. And they were throughout that first round. But obviously, the Nets do deserve some credit, in particular Karis LeVert, because in game four, he put up 36 points, six rebounds, six assists, made six threes and shot 66% on threes while doing it. So he was six for nine on three. That's the eighth time in playoff history that has happened. The other people that have done it, Steph Curry twice, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, which was a weird one. That is a weird one. Kobe, LeBron, and Vince Carter. That's, that's good company. That's, that's quite a list to be company. on for Karras. And he sort of sparked his own debates about where he'll be next season, how valuable he'll be to the to the Nets with KD and Kyrie back, and whether they'll hang on to him or trade him away. Yeah, because like he could be very valuable for them, but he like in terms of a trade piece, but he could also just be a great third man for them. But I don't know how well he fits with KD Kyrie. He's a bit more ball dominant than I think they would like out of a mm. non-point guard position. But yeah, we will see. Especially when you have Durant in there as well. But Exactly. I mean, if nothing else, he'll be a great addition to some other team, and they could definitely get something good for him. Like, it, it feels is. weird to think that the Nets have like an asset they can trade, which is very unusual for the Nets. Oh, well, yeah. They've got a few assets at the moment. They could got a few. either trade Jarrett Allen and keep with DeAndre Jordan, which I wouldn't do, but, you know, the way that KD and Kyrie seem to influence that team. DeAndre Jordan yeah. might be their man. And also Spencer Dinwiddie. What he Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie yeah, what he gets up to. Yeah. Get that Bitcoin money. <laughs> Get that Bitcoin money. All right. Anything else on the Raps that Nets before we move on? No, it's just that the yeah, the Raps look like real title contenders there out of that first yep. round. Yep. Another title contender, the Celtics. 
Mm. So they swept their theories, which I think came as a surprise to a lot of people. But then again, this Eastern Conference first round was just dominant series after dominant series. One five-game series and three sweeps. But the Celtics really went out there. What are your biggest takeaways? Well, the biggest thing was that Embiid, a lot of questions around Embiid after this series about whether he's in shape, whether he can lead a team, whether he's a real leader on and off the court. And, um, you know, whether the debate about him and Simmons started to come up again after this one. And I think a lot of people changed their opinion after this series about whether they go with Embiid or for Simmons. Yeah, I know I did. Yeah, no, I mean, I was, I think before the series, I was like, if you have to choose one, I would rather keep Simmons. But I definitely see why a lot of people would say keep Embiid, like arguably like one of at least the top two big men in the NBA, at, at least at his best. Like, you know, but one of them made an all-NBA team, the other one didn't. And yeah. I think that says something. Actually, one yeah. of them made an all-defensive team as well. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. And um, it was just sort of how he floats in and out of games, how he establishes himself. Like, we saw a lot in the first quarters that he would get in the post and he'd be physical and he'd rack up a lot of points in the first quarter and then slowly drift out to the three-point line for the rest of the game and sort of lose his momentum and lose his dominance over the game. I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's a conditioning thing or whether it's a discipline thing. Potentially. I mean, you know, the time off between the season and the bubble probably didn't help his conditioning, having to be away no. from the team and be away from facilities and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, he finished the series with some great stats. He finished with 30, 12, one and a half assists, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks, but sort of no winning basketball came from it. Yeah, it's it is kind of almost Russell Westbrook esque in like yeah. in terms of empty sort of stats, like great stats. Don't get me wrong, and he's like definitely the best player on his team, but one of the best players in the league, debatably. Um, yeah, but you know, can he lead his team to a win? And apparently not, not even close, really. No, and he wasn't helped out by his you know the guys around him either. I think you know Tobias Harris had a shocking series, absolutely. Terrible first year in that massive contract, and he oh, puts up a oh. stinker. Yeah, so and Horford as well, another yep. big contract that they got over the off season that didn't produce anything. Seven point seven rebounds, didn't make a three in the series. It really he wasn't didn't make a three. I didn't notice he, that he didn't make a single three for that whole series. It was how, quite how many did he shoot? Uh, I'm not sure, but you know. You'd like to see at least a few makes out of at a guy. At least one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So what he put up? Seven points, seven rebounds, uh, what, two assists and one block? I mean, you'll take the block, but seven and seven is not enough for the amount he's being paid. No, Especially not at as all. a starter. And we saw a lot of times over the season that two out of the three guys would work together out of, you know, Simmons, Embiid, and Horford. But together they really don't work and it's, this looks like that Embiid and Horford were the problem rather than Simmons and yep. any combination of those two I do like how you left Tobias Harris out of that entirely well I mean it really was a terrible series for Harris shot 13% from three point land 38 from the field only 16 a game nine rebounds you know I mean 16 and nine on paper that's good on paper that seems good but when you dig a bit deeper but when you see it <laughs> no no, when you watch not. it, it's definitely definitely oh, a problem. It was, yeah. I, I didn't tune into every game. I think I watched two of them. Painful. painful. Oh, I watched this series from game one to four. And yeah, this also 
quite comfortably secured Brett Brown's exit from the from the organization. He really didn't show any willingness to sort of change it up until game four when it was already too late. Yeah. You know? So he was I mean, definitely look, out look, by this. Let's not discount the Celtics here though. Um, we oh. can talk about them a bit more as we go, but you know, they really just went out there and they were dominant. They, they, they really ab- just outplayed them. Absolutely punked them. That's for sure. Jason like, Tatum, I th- huge. Huge I think games. in order to get a sweep, you kind of need a combination of like one team like definitely outplaying the other team and the other team also kind of just playing terribly. Like you, Exactly. You'll say like one team was dominant or one team just like outplayed themselves, but you know, you need both to get this kind of a dominant series. So like very a lot of credit to the Celtics on that one. Yeah. What did you notice about the Celtics during the series? Again, just like their their team ball, how they you know, they didn't, like, obviously Tatum was being their lead guy, but they didn't need him to, you know, go out there and just, like, dominate every single game. They had, you know, a, a, they had a system that actually worked and yeah. really just stopped the Sixers overall. And it stopped it so much that the Celtics swept the 76ers for the first time in franchise history, at least in a seven-game series. The last time the Celtics swept the 76ers was in 1957, well, the 76ers were known as the Nationals, and that's the stat from the series. Wow. That is uh, so what, quite, a few historic, quite a few historic matchups between these two teams as well. Yeah, I was surprised to see no sweeps. Like, yeah. It's been 63 years since the last one. Wow. All right. No, let's... Go ahead. On to the next series, yep. Okay. So, Pacers Heat, your Heat. Your heat. My Heat, yes. I'm a Heat fan, right. just so you guys know. Yep. <laughs> Very excited. What's going on? Tell me. Well, it was somehow I didn't catch many of these games, this first round series, but just, you know, 4 0 sweep, dominant. The Pacers were missing a lot of guys, obviously. They were missing Sabonis and um, an injured Oladipo coming yep. back, sort of playing a decoy rather than really being a focal point of the offense for them. Yeah. But um, yeah, the Heat just came out and produced Drug- Drudgic. He was back, you know. Had a massive series, 23 points. Um, Jimmy Butler came and went as he needed to, as he does for this team. Yeah. He's sort of breaking case of emergency, Jimmy. Um, and Tyler Hero, you know, started started to see what was going to happen with it. Tyler Hero. You're seeing it a little bit. You're like, seeing the... Yeah. This playoffs has really convinced me how much I love, <laughs> like, clutch young guards who could just go out oh there and get anything. And Tyler Hero, like... Definitely fits into that category with some of the other guys that we will talk about later on. Um, yeah. Devin Book is one guy that we won't mention later on, but he, he definitely falls into that category. He deserves it. Absolutely. Mention. Absolutely. Yeah. Hero averaging 16, 4, and 3 off the bench in that first round. Just sort of. As a rookie. Let's, let's As a rookie, yeah. Point. But It's like usually rookie guards are terrible. <laughs> like Terrible. It always like, takes a few years for guards. Yeah. Yeah. They're not efficient. They usually turn the ball over a lot. They kind of don't know what they're doing defensively. And Hero's not the best defender in the world, but like. He's possible. He knows what he's doing, you know. He might yeah. not have the sort of physical tools or the IQ just yet to compete at, a, at the highest level, but he can stay out there. He's not a liability. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, Jimmy Butler proved that, yes, TJ Warren is not in the same league. Oh, not in the same league at all. <laughs> after, M- after MVP Warren had a sort of middling series, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists on some decent percentages. But yeah, definitely wasn't the same guy he was in the seeding games. What? Yeah, 
I, I, that was so long ago, I don't remember exactly what happened, but he had a few, like, 30-plus, surely. What, what was it? In the seeding games? Yeah. He dropped 57, didn't he, or 53? Was it 50? Yeah, I, I thought he had, like, a 40-something. I didn't know he hit 50. He dropped a 50-piece, I remember that. Yeah. Torched it's the Lakers. Too long ago, and it was a long time ago. It was so long. <laughs> <laughs> feels, it feels like a whole season ago, those, those early it games. It really was. It really was. And, obviously, Oladipo. I think I saw a rumor earlier today that Oladipo has expressed an interest of leaving the team, of being traded, perhaps. Yeah, which was a bit shocking to me. I mean, it seems like they did everything right with his injury. They gave him the option to play. He decided to come back and play. They and gave him the option. The to- that, this is the system that turned him into All-Star as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He had his breakout season with the, with the Pacers here. So it's sort of interesting to see him leave, and there's been a lot of rumors about him coming to the Heat in the... During his free agency that. next offseason. So we'll see how how that turns out. But um no and to... No sorry, go ahead. It did leave the Pacers with some interesting questions over the offseason about where they go from here, especially if Oladipo's hell bent on getting out of town. Yeah. No, I did see some Lakers fans proposing a trade on, on Twitter. I think <laughs> it was Carl Kuzma, Danny Green, and a second rounder for Oladipo. Oh, classic Lakers fans always yeah. trying to Low ball for the next. I wouldn't take that. No, no way. No way. That. No way. <laughs> no. <laughs> and of course, from this, they fired Coach McMillan, which I thought was yeah. a shocking that was firing. That was it. Really, I thought he was a great coach. I thought, you know, he gets them to work hard. He's made, you know, a team of sort of not all stars into a team of all stars like Sabonis, yeah. Oladipo, Brogdon was great during these playoffs, trying to carry this team. Average 21, 4, 10 assists. And TJ Warren, exactly. I mean, the only guy he hasn't turned into an all-star is Miles Turner by the looks of it. And, like, Miles Turner's pretty good defensively at times. He averaged four blocks this series. Four blocks? Four blocks. I didn't see that. It felt like he wasn't out there most of the series, but I guess he was putting up numbers at least. Yeah. Right, so... uh, Obviously, again, a little bit of credit to... Well, like you said, Brogdon there. So, in Game 3... Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 34 points, 7 rebounds, uh, 14 assists, and shot 57% from 3. That is the first time that has ever happened in playoff history. Wow. That is... Obviously, yeah, since 3 points were recorded in, I think, yeah. 1980. But, yeah. That's a huge stat. <laughs> huge game, yeah. It's, it's like, still is he the goat? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be said, yeah. <laughs> All right, no, this was, the series. Yeah, coming out of this series, the Heat, they sort of... Gained a reputation as sort of an upset pick, like even before the Buck series started. You know that people were thinking the Heat were dangerous, and I have to agree they were very dominant yeah. in this series. Yeah, and from an unbiased non-Heat fan, um, I I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> we need that. We need that now more than ever, Ramiz. Yes, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to rail me in, uh, rail me in a couple series, but <laughs> we'll get to that. So uh, next up is let's jump over to the West with Lakers versus Blazers. Mm. What happened? Um, the Blazers gave them everything they got, everything they had. Yeah. They yep. threw that haymaker in game one, very Allen Iverson-esque in the 2001 <laughs> finals. Yep. And then sort of crumpled from there. Um, Dame, Dame needs some help out in Portland. He had a hell of a seeding games, getting them into the playoffs, getting them that eight seed. And then he got injured. Yeah, putting up ridiculous stats. And then, yeah, he sort of ran out of gas and got injured in game three, I think it was. I think so. Yeah. Oh, it might have been four, but... 
Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but yeah, he got injured towards the end of the series. Um, <laughs> yep. Either way. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you did see he got a little bit of help. Not a whole lot of help. Like, Melo obviously put up 15-5, and five, which is a lot, considering people were saying Melo would be out of the league by now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he definitely saved his career, I think. I think he's earned himself another contract. Oh, for, for sure, year. for sure. And it's not yeah. just a veteran's minimum contract. I think he's actually earned, like, not a massive contract, but not the minimum. Some actual money, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's not say the veteran's minimum isn't actual money. I think it's, what, like, two mil? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, true, true. It's something. But he, he still, yeah, he shows he can still help, you know. He can still go out there. He shot 42% from three in the and series. Some ones, yeah. Some big shots, yeah. Even though, ultimately, it didn't lead to anything, but... Big, yeah, big series for Melo, but yeah, AD and LeBron were too much, as they have been all playoffs. Yeah. LeBron averaged a triple-double in this series, which is... Which is ridiculous, shooting 60% from the field. It's like <laughs> he and Melo are the same age, or I guess LeBron's a little bit younger, I think, but... Yeah. That's it's sort of insane. like the difference in production there. But then again, you saw it the last time they matched up, which was... When was that? 2013 semifinals. That was... Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. And, right, um, Nick's Heat. Nick's Heat, yeah. Yeah. That was quite a series, but yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. And then and- AD was just too big for the poor. Yeah. Wendy and Gabriel couldn't hang with Anthony Davis, it turns out. Yeah. And, I um, mean, you really, you really do need just everyone. Like, I think if everyone on the Blazers is healthy, they're a good team. Like, Nurkic yeah. is good. McCollum is good. Melo can be good. And Dave is obviously you know, great as, as he has been for many years, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they need, but they had some, uh, they had some good performances. Gary Trent in particular. Gary Trent. Yeah. He came out. He's coming out party. They were missing Trevor Ariza. You know, they were missing one of their key wing defenders. Not that it would have made too much of a difference, I think, but still another rotation guy, at least. LeBron might have averaged 38 and eight as opposed to 30, 10 and 10. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right, and speaking of LeBron, in Game 3, LeBron put up a stat line of 38 points, 12 rebounds, and shot 50% from 3. That's the fourth time in his playoff career um, up up to this point. So only two other players have ever done this in the playoffs, Larry Bird once and Michael Jordan three times. So LeBron has now done it more times than MJ. And had eight assists along with it too, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Sort of. Goat stats, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that debate just yet, but you know, he's we'll up get there. there. We will get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else from the series? No, I don't think so. It was a sort of, you know, a valiant effort from the Blazers, but nothing they could really do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we will talk about LeBron a bit more later, I'd say. But, yeah. Uh, Clippers <clears throat> mapped. Possibly the best first round series. I know you'll. Oh, I will disagree. disagree. I will but... disagree. <laughs> Definitely a very fun series to watch. Very mainly, very mainly because of one person, and that's Doncic, who's just Donjic. on another level it, right insane. now. Insane, insane. <laughs> like, I mean, you you look at the talent the Clippers have, and you know, people go into that series being like, "Look at how many perimeter defenders they have. They have Patrick Beverly. They have Paul George. They have Kawhi Leonard. Surely they can slow Luka Doncic. No, they cannot. No, he was just." Yeah, in his zone, rookie play- playoff debut, averages 31 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, shooting 50% from the field, 36% from three on tough looks, you know? Yeah. Just absolutely everything. Yeah, like, he, I, you've written it down in our notes here, he's built different, and that is exactly right. He's, yeah. 
incredible. I'm I'm terrified of him going to oh, the future. This is year two, Ramiz. This is this is he's on the he's on the path to becoming the goat. I'll yeah, I'll say like, it now. If he keeps it's this crazy up, to say that. Yeah. And you can sort of see it how he already knows what he's doing. He knows how to get to his spots. He knows how to shift the defense to find an open guy. He could do absolutely everything he wants. Yep. And he could just, yeah, he could get anything he wants. Like like I was saying, these young guys who could just get anything they want. It was interesting to see his clutch stats were pretty bad, but I think he had like one or two moments in the series where like he was genuinely very clutch. Well, he hit that game winner in game three, Ruiz. Yeah. Huge, that bomb. That was <laughs> I think that unreal. was after people were saying like, no, Luke is not good in the clutch. Like, because yeah. the stats show he's like, he's not a great three-point shooter in, in clutch time. But again, he proved a brook. He's built and, different. And I think that's partly due to the shots he's forced to take. You know, he's, he's the lead guy. He's got the best defender on him. He's taking the toughest shots. And I think in his rookie year, he had some good, some good clutch stats. But this yeah. year... You know, I think that'll sort of even out between the two into a pretty good clutch player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. People weren't scouting him, I guess, as hard last year as they were this yeah. year. We're like, that's all they needed to do because, you know, with Paul Zingas, you know, kind of being inconsistent at times, sometimes injured. Like, you know, it's Luca and then what, Tim Hardaway as, I guess, your next best offensive player if, if well, Paul Zingas isn't, isn't yeah, having a good night. I mean, well, I was actually surprised by Porzingis' stats this series. Had 23 points, 8 rebounds, shot 52% from 3, but yeah. only play, only played in 3 games, which I think really ultimately hurt That's the Mavs. Yeah. yeah. Like, think, if he weren't injured, they, they might have stood a chance in the series. I was going to say, there's some serious upset potential if they're a healthy squad. Yeah, that 2-7 upset. You don't see it super often, and that would have been... Like, this is the right kind of team to get that sort of a 2-7 upset, I'd say. No, but um, this sort of this was the first look at oh, are the Clippers, you know, the team that we think they are, sort of here. Yeah. They were really scrapping out these wins, and it took ultimately took, you know, Kawhi's heroic efforts, like a monster series from Kawhi: thirty-two points, ten rebounds, five assists, fifty-three percent from the field. You know, just sort of getting to that mid-range, getting anything he wants, torching Maxi Kleber. Poor because guy. he just didn't have anyone helping him, really. Like, this was the start of... I mean, I've heard a few names, like Pandemic P. Um, I saw Layoff P because Doc Rivers got fired today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and George Paul, uh, I've heard a few times as well. George Paul's um, great, yeah. We saw, him, we saw him quite a bit this series. 18, mm. 6, and 4, 35%. Is that 35% for the field? Yeah. Yeah. And then 27 three. Yeah, not a great series at all. You, no, no. It was really Doncic first Kawhi at the end. Yep, and they ultimately pulled it out. But, you know, speaking of Doncic, uh, in game four, 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists. No other player has ever had that um, stat line in a playoff game. The only other player to ever put that stat line up in a regular season game was Wilt Chamberlain in 1968, 31 years before Luka Doncic was born. Yeah. Like I said, built different, you know? Built different. Just, 52 years. <laughs> yeah. Rookie playoff debut, and he's already putting up literally rarefied air up there with Wilt. Yeah. Not even in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. Like, Wilt. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely insane. So, scary force coming up in the next few years for sure. But Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the future. And if 
you know, the big question is KP's health, if he stays healthy. But if he can, oh my goodness. If they get I mean, another even piece. <laughs> even if he, I mean, Doncic might just be that good. You're right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So anything else on that series before we move on to what I think is the best series of the first round? Let's go for it, Ramiz. Let's get to it. Nuggets, Jazz, let's go. All right. I'm a Nuggets fan, so you will hear that many times here. My God, I was so depressed after game four. <laughs> oh, what a series. I Came remember out I, was, with the... like, I was out at a pub. I was holding my phone. I was getting a new phone that day, so I didn't care about the phone I had. I saw the score and I just threw it on the ground. <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it it was very dire after game four, that's for sure. Yes. But yeah. Ramiz, I will I will take some credit. And I've said this every series. It's not over till it's over, baby. It's not over till it's over. I I counted them out. I really did after that. But I, yeah, I saw a few. I didn't see an upset. I didn't see the comeback, the full comeback. But I saw possibly a game seven berth. But I did not see that victory. No, no, and that victory. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Jamal Murray, man. Jamal really, Murray. Really, this series comes down to Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell, and what yeah. an absolute show that was. That was crazy. Absolutely incredible. Like, what, Jamal Murray had, I think, two 50-point games and a 40-point game in the last, I think, in games four, five, six. Um, And Donovan Mitchell was just dominant throughout the entire series. And that's what I was saying, these young clutch guards. Like, I was always a Jamal Murray fan. I think he's now my favorite player in the league after this. I mean, I can't blame you. Donovan Mitchell is up there. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, two 50-point games. 36 points, five rebounds, five assists, 52% from the field, 51% from three. I mean... And those threes, they just, um, like, swished through. Like, they were the purest shots I've ever seen. Off tough looks, too. Like, he was never wide open, always off the dribble, sidestepping, pump faking. It was beautiful. It really was. It was killing me as I was watching, (laughs) but I just couldn't help but, like, go, wow, that's a great shot. But (laughs) Murray on the other end, 31 points. Five rebounds, six assists, fifty-five from the field, fifty-three from three, fifty-point game. Was it just, just one fifty-point game? Or I think two? it was just one. Donovan had the two. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh. An absolute like, battle, just back and forth. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. There was no defense being played. No, not at all. <laughs> they just went out there <laughs> <laughs> and and just put everything up. And I I see one of your notes here is Donovan Mitchell is the next D Wade, obviously. You're a big Wade fan. Talk me through that. Yeah, Wade, my favorite player of all time. I mean, and coming from me, that's a big compliment because I've watched a lot of Wade. But some of the stuff Donovan was doing, like obviously Wade didn't shoot the three like Donovan did in this series, but Donovan got to the lane whenever he wanted. He floated everything up, especially in that game seven. In that third quarter, he went on third quarter uh, run and just everything he threw up in that third quarter was beautiful. Swishes. You know, runners in the lane, tough layups, tough finishes, mid-range shots. It was all just beautiful. Yeah, and it all came down to one Mike Conley shot. Like, it's oh. crazy. If that happened, the entire playoffs are different. Or at least the entire Re- Western Conference are different. Exactly. We might be seeing a Clippers in the Western Conference finals. Maybe. If yeah. the Jazz get through. But Mike Conley also had himself a series there. 20 yeah, points, two rebounds, five assists, 52 from three. It really was no defense in this series. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, what, what did Jokic put up as well? 26, 8, and 5. I mean, 8 rebounds is a little bit low for him, but then again, he was being guarded by Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Like, defensive player of the year. Not this year, but obviously, 
defensive Obviously. player of the year candidate for many years, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And yeah, you know, at times he just went down there and got everything. Like I think the last shot of the series was like Jokic made like a stupid floater over his head. Uh, it was like that. It was definitely a Jokic shot. That's for sure. <laughs> a patented Jokic shot. <laughs> yeah. So obviously Nuggets in Game Seven. That's their third Game Seven in a row at the um, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, the first of of two three one comebacks. Yeah, and it just it just sort of showed how together that team is, and how I think Mike Malone's found a home in Denver. I'd say I think his job's pretty secure after this run, and how much they yeah. sort of want to want to at least for another for couple of years for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Jamal Murray and Jokic always talk about how much they love playing together, you know. And then you get all these supporting pieces. Sadly, they were missing Barton, who is Barton still my favorite player? The league Barton was my favorite player of the league before <laughs> this, but it's a tie. It's a tie. But um, you know, Barton was missing. Gary Harris was injured for a lot of it, and he also didn't play great when he came back. But you know, you saw a lot of other guys just kind of going out there and contributing little bits and pieces. But ultimately, it was the Jamal Murray show. Yeah, and he he established himself this series. You know, we'd always yeah. seen always seen teasers and tastes of Jamal Murray, but he really stamped his foot down this series. And speaking of him, like there was a lot of great stats to pick from both Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell ones, but I decided to go with uh, this one, mostly because this one got like the most likes on Twitter. Only like 10 likes, but that was it's the only one to get more than two likes, I think, from the Twitter. But um, Jamal Murray became only the second player in playoff history to have 42 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, shoot 65% from the field and 50% from three in a single game. The other player, Rashad Rondo. Which is so weird. Quite, yeah. Strange company to be in, for especially playoff with Rondo. the trees there. But Playoff, playoff Rondo. Rondo. We'll get to Playoff Rondo later. But yeah. We will. We will. Yeah. So that was against the Heat in 2012 when Rondo did that. So yeah. kind of like on the back end of the Celtics career. Yeah. One of their last big runs, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to... Is it your least favorite series? It's one of my least favorite series. It's my least favorite series. <laughs> yeah. Rockets versus Thunder. So the Rockets win the series in a seven get in seven games. My God, I hate this series. I really struggled to care about this series. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, which is I strange because <clears throat> I didn't enjoy Game Seven. That's that's a bad sign. Yeah, I mean, I was a Thunder fan all season long. I have been for a couple seasons now, even with PG and Russ gone. But yeah, I really struggled to care on this one but we got some good performances we got the Dort show Dort Dort Dort, Dort <laughs> is here baby played, played some defense played, played just a little bit of defense tough defense on Harden I mean <clears throat> Harden still had a big series 29 8 and 6 31% from 3 though and that's where we saw you know Dort make it tough for him on the step backs and you know all the trickery that Harden likes to pull off Dort's there he's yeah. physical he's a big body like as big as Harden's, and um, is able to stick with him and make it tough. And then, of yeah, course, well, the big, the big game seven, the big Dort game seven, <laughs> seven threes or something blocked right at the end, unfortunately by Harden. But yeah, great series for him. Yeah, there was there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of talk about like you know who's really clutch in this series. Chris Paul was apparently really really clutch, you know, going into game seven. Obviously, he didn't perform particularly well at least at the end of Game 7, but that's because yep. it kind of was the Dort show there. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, no, CP put up 21, 7, and 5, uh, uh, 49% from the field, 37 from three, and had some <clears throat> big shots, big plays. But yeah, I thought down the end of game seven, he really struggled to take a hold of the game. He really yeah. sort of deferred to Dennis and Shea a bit, which ended up resulting in that Dort block by Harden. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And when, when he threw it out of bounds, like technically it oh, wasn't out of bounds heart- there, but yeah. like that, that was terrifying. I was like, no, that's not how this ends. That is not no. how this ends. But it kind of was anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. So obviously... Harden had a pretty good series. Russell Westbrook, not there, mm. just not there. Not there. He did miss a few games, but obviously just working his way back in. But yeah, it wasn't a great <clears throat> uh, Russ series. Like, it is crazy to think that Harden and Westbrook won MVPs in the last four years. Especially, I hate to say especially it, especially Westbrook. Russ. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pairing up two guys that haven't had playoff success, you know, we'll get to in the next round, but evidently doesn't work out as well as they'd hoped. No, no. And, and then the small, obviously, small ball, yeah. The small ball, yeah. Versus Steven Adams, which, you know, I had, I had noticed from the start of the series, having a look at the regular season, that the Thunder didn't really take advantage of the bigs that they had. They didn't rebound very well during the regular season. Yeah. Even with Steven Adams and guys like Gallinari and stuff. But, um, yeah, the Thunder really couldn't, get Adams in, like, into an effective position for this series. They sort of had to sit him down. The Rockets played him out. Jeff Green, always you know, teasing us back in. Jeff Green, is he a good player? Is he not? Who knows? Um, who knows? I don't but, think yeah. anyone will ever know. <laughs> like After it's, he's retired, they'll still be asking that same question. Yeah. What's, what happens when we die? And is Jeff Green a good player? <laughs> yeah. Two biggest questions. Unanswerable questions. <laughs> So, and in order to represent how much I dislike the series, I the stats I was choosing between was a bad Thunder stat or a bad Rocket stat. I decided, look, the Thunder lost the series. Let's give him a break. Let's give a bad Rocket stat. Um, so in Game 7, James Harden shot 1 for 9 from 3, which is the worst 3-point percentage uh, in a Game 7 win in NBA history on that many attempts. Yeah. Which is what we've come to expect from it's Harden. Very hard. It's very it's hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. Yeah, but at least he went down shooting, even though they got up on the series. But, you know. Yeah. I think we could agree. Not our favorite series of this first round. No. (laughs) All right. So let's move on from that terrible series to the second round, actually. Uh, So back over in the East, the Heat. The Heat. The Heat. Versus the Bucks. Five games. Really, this blew me away, Ramiz. I'll be honest. I, I think they were like a cute kind of upset pick for a lot of people. Like I, lots, I had the heat in an upset pick, but there were lots of heat picks. And you know, I'm I'm a bit cautious of you know bragging about the heat, so I picked the Bucks. You know, they've got the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, a great supporting cast, or so we thought at yep. the time. And Jimmy, game one, came out drops a forty point game, and just absolutely sort of manhandles the Bucks, especially Giannis. They really, yeah. really zoned in on Giannis and made him, you know, not as effective as he was during his MVP year. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think you can put all the blame on Giannis. I think a lot of the blame goes on coach. Bud like, really. Mm. Bud. 
Shorten your rotations, <laughs> man. Come on. Oh, 11 guys every game down to the end. Even when Giannis went out. Yeah. They were still playing 11 guys. And, you know, we have we should expect this from Bud now. I don't think we can uh, expect him to adjust the way that's no. needed in the playoffs. Um, he's a great regular season coach, obviously. But, yeah, really, at no point, it's, even yeah. down 3-1, still couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Giannis is so young that, like, in these sorts of games, he should be playing 40-plus minutes, minimum 40-plus minutes. Like, Brooke Lopez was playing more minutes than Giannis, and still they were ridiculous. talking about resting him. Yeah, Like, I like Brooke Lopez, but I don't like Brooke Lopez that much. No. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I mean, they held Giannis to 21-11-5, you know, sort of a shade, especially scoring of his 21, regular season. Yeah. 21's ridiculous. And it was, it was the way we set up I say we, the Heat set up our defense, like setting up that, that, uh, setting up the, what do they call it? The screen, I guess, against Giannis in transition, getting those guys in position, ready to defend whichever way he's going to attack the hoop. We had Jay Crowder really busting his ass against Giannis Butler in big moments. And we didn't even have our BAM, like we didn't put BAM on him at any point. Our real, Breaking case of emergency, I thought. Defender, he didn't get any looks at Giannis, really. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say Giannis is like a really rhythm sort of player? Like he needs to get into a flow in order to actually perform? I feel like... I feel like he comes out that way. Because we see the stats he puts up and the minutes he plays. Like, obviously, when he's in there, the Bucks are just dominating guys. Yeah. And so he's... I think he is in that way that he comes out and just dominates from the jump and gets his rhythm that way. But I don't I don't think necessarily that I feel like if he has a bad first half, he can still pick it up in the second half. Okay. Yeah, but like, you know, if if the heat are getting his way and he's not getting the minutes that he should be getting, mm. it's gonna disrupt him and he's gonna put up Absolutely. I say bad numbers, but bad numbers for him at least. Yeah. Um, but I mean the heat, Jimmy Butler, twenty three points, six rebounds, four assists. Obviously, that massive game one, the game-winning free throws in game two off the fun foul calls that we had at the end of that game. That was interesting. That, that was, was very interesting. interesting. We were lucky to pull that one out. The heat yeah. Dragic had another big series, 20 points. Bam was awesome. 17, was it 17 points, 12 rebounds, four assists. And great defensively against that Bucks team. And then it's your boy. It's my boy. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero has... The biggest, you know what, on this planet Earth, I swear. <laughs> this guy, he comes out, he's got all the confidence in the world. He, he takes big shots, he makes big shots, he goes against great defenders like Eric Bledsoe. No one yep. can stop Hero. Yeah. And Another, he's a rookie. <laughs> and he's a rookie, putting up absurd stats. I mean, really just going out there. And he, it's not like he disrupts the way the Heat play, he plays within the well, he offense. He plays in their system, yeah. He playmakes. He does, you know, excellent playmaking. Passes the ball, gets his shot when he needs to. It's great. It's really impressive for a twenty-year-old. Yeah. So, but speaking of Bam, actually, so mm. in game four, Bam put up twenty-six points, twelve rebounds, and eight assists. It's the first time in NBA history a player has put up these numbers while shooting up seventy, while shooting seventy-five percent from the field. So that yeah. was quite quite a dominant performance in game four there. He's I think very special, game, 
they, they lost like we did, game. yeah, we did. Yeah. No, it was Bam special. Like, if guys don't know about Bam by now, you're gonna find out in these finals because Bam oh, is yeah. special. He can do pretty much everything on the court except shoot threes. He passes. Yeah. He's a I think he's the second best big defender in the league, maybe just period, behind Anthony Davis, unfortunately. Yeah. But he can guard literally one through five. He's so physically strong that he yeah. can just dump, take out bigs. He's quick enough to hang with the quickest guards. I mean, he's a special talent, Bam. And he's also like not a bad passer either. Like I said, eight assists there. Like, yeah, excellent he, passer. He's got that kind of ability to actually play make. Like, take average on, five for the season. Yeah, yeah, taking on that kind of Jokic kind of role in terms of like facilitating, not bringing up the ball like Jokic does, but like still from the post making those right passes. You know, you you take that. You definitely take that. Absolutely take that. Him and him and Hero are going to be a special duo going forward for the next 10, 15 years. And it's lucky you're in Miami. It's actually a place that players want to play. It's like players you know, want to be. If this were in like Charlotte, not to you know, shit on Charlotte. But, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much I would want to stay there. But like these guys seem like they want to play for the Heat, which is great. I mean, who wouldn't? The best organization in the league. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Do you think? Uh, do you think Giannis could be a lead guy for a championship team? I think he could be the best player, but I don't think he should be the leader. I think the way I see the box, their championship road is to get, you know, to build themselves kind of like the Raptors were a couple years ago, where you know Kawhi Leonard was definitely their best player, but Kyle Lowry was still their leader. They need That's someone it. like that. Yeah. You know, That's maybe Middleton's that guy. Maybe I don't think Bledsoe's that guy. Maybe Middleton could be that guy. But Bledsoe's I think Giannis just needs to focus. I think Giannis just needs to focus on being the best player on the court, and they need to get someone else to be be a leader in with them. I I I haven't thought about that. I actually agree. I think. I mean, Giannis is definitely good enough to be a championship guy. I mean, yeah, of course he is. Yeah, you know, this Heat team was prepared, but I think Giannis could absolutely get his own. Against pretty much every team in the league, yeah, I mean, you just need someone else to like rally the rest of the troops to actually. How would you feel? How would you feel about a Chris Paul trade then to the Bucks? I don't do think, hate it. I do not hate that idea. Do you think Chris Paul could play that role, the Kyle Lowry I role? No. I think he would be maybe the best guy for that role. Is like, he too, I, I is he too hard on his teammates though? I think Giannis can respect that. I think At he least. would too. I think yeah. I think I think the Bucks are the kind of organization that could respect like a really hard nosed guy. Yeah, and he's and, sort of a coach on the floor that Bud isn't. Yeah, yeah. I guess, Someone could like well. maybe put Bud in his place. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we really shouldn't keep Bud. <laughs> yeah, I really don't trust Bud anymore. I don't think no. they do either. Honestly, no, I don't. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Right. Still, you know, obviously. He he went out and got that. Yes, the Bucks didn't play great, but like the Bucks still have a great future in front of them. Uh, yeah, as, as I think they can figure like this one thing out in terms of leadership. Yeah, and I think that was due to the Heat as well. I think they had a great game plan and really stifled what the Bucks were doing. Yeah, I don't think every team could have gone out there and beaten the Bucks. No. All right, let's move on to the other Eastern Conference semifinal series there with the Raps and the Celtics. So the Celtics win that series. Again, in seven games, which surprised me because I thought once it went seven, the Raps would ultimately take it. But the Celtics, they they went out there and got it. So what do you think? What, what were your key takeaways? This was 
an ugly series, especially towards mm-hmm. the second half. This got very hard to watch very quickly. I mean, yeah. the Celtics nearly got up 3 0, except for OG. You know, OG, so- he does something different to say. No, he, he does not shoot to miss. miss. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line by OG. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, and then that really, you know, gave the that gave the Raptors momentum into the rest of the series of just hanging in there. Not, you can't kill the Raps, you know. They won't go you extinct without a fight. You cannot. Um, but yeah, it was really Kyle Lowry showed that yeah. he could still carry a, a team. You know, maybe more so than we've ever seen pre, you know, championship. Yeah, I, I feel like it was always kind of like DeRozan's team in terms of that regard, and then, which I think you know, hurt them more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when Kyle Lowry became like the league guy, not not necessarily because he was definitely the best player, but because he had to be the best player because yeah. their actual best player, Siakam, just did not perform. A uh, very poor showing like, for Siakam. Seeing that and saying, yeah, he was an All Star this season. He got like an All NBA. No, he, he got was... like a third place voted MVP. I think. Yeah. Which is it was all NBA, all NBA second team, wasn't he? Second team, I think. Yeah. And to come out, put up 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, 38% shooting, 12 from, 12% from three. Oh, 12. I and, shoot better than that. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> some of them were open too. Like, you know, they started really sagging off him towards the end of the series because he just wasn't making them. And I think maybe this performance is due to his first real run as a as a lead guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was always third third string last postseason behind Kawhi and Lowry, which I think he thrived in. He was really great in that postseason run. Yeah. But um I expect that Siakam will be much better next time out. Yeah. But I, I don't see him as a lead guy on a championship team. I see him as a second option for sure. Third option not uh like first option I'm not convinced after this run. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I hope he does, but I'm not convinced. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he took a leap this year, obviously. Second team All-NBA, most improved yeah. contender for the first couple of weeks of this you know, season again. But um, So we'll see if he takes another leap like that next next season, But which I, I still think he could do. I think you know, he works hard. He could tighten up that handle of his, get some yeah. more moves rather than just the spin. Washing machine or the dishwasher, whatever you want to call it. But um, I yeah, we'll see how he goes. But I think he can possibly become that number one guy that they need, especially with Larry getting older. Yeah, yeah. What is Larry now? Thirty four ish. Yeah, I think. something like that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm afraid that he's going to drop off very soon. But he's definitely one of my ones to look out for for dropping that off could just like immediately drop off like I, the way i see it is like he might have a poor bill step drop off which you don't want <laughs> no but fed red fleet who had a fantastic first round really earned himself a contract a big contract a big whatever contract. almost whatever contract he wants in that first yeah. round he didn't have a great second round shooting the ball but he still put up 18 points six assists so you know he, it was definitely the two guards, unlike Bud. Nurse knows to play his two best guys, and Larry, yes. and Larry and Fred were out there pretty much all game, it felt like, making yeah. everything happen for the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they really needed to be because of how well the Celtics played. Like, obviously, Tatum, Brown, 
Kemba had a pretty good series as well. He wasn't the best. He wasn't the most efficient, but like no. as a third option, you'll kind of take that, I'd say. Yeah, Tatum had another great series. 24, 10, and 5 on pretty decent efficiency. You know, it was an ugly series. There were a lot of misses in this series, but he sort of stood up shooting-wise above the rest. Brown had another great series, I thought. 20 points, 9 rebounds. Didn't shoot the 3 very well, but was impactful, a great defender, as he always yep. is. But um, I mean, the, the not shooting great from three could have been, at least in part, a result of the zone that the Raptors played. They did, yeah. The Celtics saw their first zone for the playoffs, and I thought it was a, it was definitely effective at at times. Um, yeah, I mean that's what kept them in the series ultimately. Yeah, because they really couldn't match up with. Um, I mean, in the pick and roll is where the Celtics thrive. I think they have so many great off the dribble shooters. Like Tatum can get to his spot, Kemba can get to his spot. Brown's got a, a bit of a nice pull up mid range game, not quite from three yep. yet, but from the mid range. And they run that pick and roll with Tice, who's a great rim roller. And guys like Marcus Sol were just getting played off the court. Even yeah. Surge towards the end of the series had to sit. They were playing Pascal at the five, which is crazy after how good he played at the first round. Yeah, Surge had a great first round, averaged nearly twenty points, but um, it was great defensively, but um. Yeah, de- very different beast, the Celtics, from the Nets, as you very, can imagine. Very, yeah. Yeah. Like, really, with the Nets, you had to worry about defending one, maybe two guys, whereas with the Celtics, you kind of had to worry about everyone. Yeah. Yeah, the Celtics get shots from everywhere. Even Marcus Sparts, irrational confidence. Yeah. Launching up shots and, as he does. Yeah. And it was such, like, an even series. That, like, I couldn't really get a good stat for it. So my stat here is stupidly specific. So, game six. <laughs> so we like a release. Marcus Smart had 23 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. He was the ninth guy ever to have this stat line in a Game 6 loss. Oh, well. <laughs> that's about as good as I could find. Maybe there were some better stats from this series, but that's all I found. Smart's a good indicator of win-loss. If he's shooting, you know, if Smart's getting shots up, it's probably not a good sign for the Celtics. And I've heard Bill Simmons say that a lot of the time. That Terrence Ross-esque. A Terrence Ross, per se, yeah. That's a bit harsh on Smart, I think. But oh uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, 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 Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is all right. He's all right. He's all um, right. Okay. Anything else on this series before we move over to the West? I think last thing we saw was just Kemba sort of struggle a bit. This was the start of Kemba. I think he finished off the series pretty poorly. Game six and seven, he had some stinkers. Um, yeah. And that sort of, as we'll see, bleeds over into the conference finals as well. But I don't think the Celtics ever really brought him in expecting him to be their best or second best player. I think they were like Tatum Brown and then Kemba. Well, I feel like or at least Kemba, I feel like Kemba plays that second feel, I would think, over Brown in in terms of at times, getting yeah. getting shots up, getting making his own shot. Yeah. Definitely over Brown. But um Yeah, Brown stepped up in place of Kemba, I thought. Yep, and and you want that. You really do want that if you're the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move over to the West with Lakers-Rockets. Now, this is my least favorite series. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I don't really know what to say here. The the Lakers just crushed the Rockets. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what it came down to. Let's Pretty see, let's, much. Let's, let's I mean, look at some stats here. <laughs> a, LeBron, a LeBron first, you know, game one feel-out game as always. From LeBron, yeah, I feel Probably. like he takes, yeah, he takes game ones off. He'll see what the other team's doing, and then proceed to absolutely pick them apart 
for the rest of the series. Yeah. As he did in this series. 26, 10 rebounds, six assists, two blocks, and two steals, shooting 51% from the floor. Yeah. And just and absolutely. Oh, AD, incredible again. 25, 12, 4, 60% from the field, just punishing the small ball. Yeah. PJ Tucker, you know, I think there was a lot of stories coming out of game one about how hard he competes on defense. And yeah. Was promptly destroyed the rest of the series. Yeah. I mean, at some point, height matters. <laughs> at some point, you know, you can have as much heart as you want, but it doesn't give you extra wingspan. Yeah. It's yeah. not like Anthony Davis isn't even the biggest guy on the team. That's Dwight Howard. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Dwight didn't get any run this series, but AD was just absolutely on fire. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, you know, you've got Russell Westbrook, like we talked about before. It's hard to believe that he was an MVP a few years ago. I think, I think the injury did have some It would have been the effect. Injury, sure. Well, I wouldn't say it's all the injury. I think it had some effect. I mean, he only shot 42% from the field, so that's not great. He's going up against AD, who's arguably yep. the best rim protector in the league. But, um, and they also have some good perimeter defenders in there. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Russ, 20, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Poor poor percentages, 25% from 3. You know, obviously not taking a heap, but enough to warrant him you know, being a bit cautious of him shooting them. Um, Harden had a had a series, you know, twenty nine points, five rebounds, seven assists, but it never felt like he was really like every pull- position to take over it. Yeah, it never felt like he was really pulling them up. It felt like, yeah, I don't know. It feels like one of those two guys should just be able to put the team on their back, but neither of them can now. But they never really have been able to. Like Harden got close at times um, yeah. a few years ago against the Warriors, but you know, obviously he ran into the Warriors, but. I don't know. It, it just feels like I don't know. Is their title window closed? It feels like it is. I mean, with Russ, I think it maybe one year left. Maybe, maybe. if he can make a trade. I mean, yeah. One of the notes we have here is Russ needs to evolve or kind of be left behind. I think. Yeah. He's getting a bit too old, with few too it's many injuries be. to keep up. I mean, he obviously at the start of the. At the start of the this year, the calendar year, he had a, a very impressive run. I think yeah. he was the Rockets' best player for 2020 until the shutdown. Yeah. But, but um, another quad injury. I don't know. Another year older. I don't know if he can sort of keep up what he had at the start of the year. I mean, you always expected it a few years ago. Like everyone was saying, like Russ is like mostly about athletic, uh, mostly about being athletic. And as his athleticism fades, so will he. And we're seeing that now. So he either and needs to develop a shot, develop like great playmaking skills. And like, he's not a bad passer by any means. Like he, obviously he's averaged over 10 assists a game multiple times in his career, but you know, he really just needs to develop these skills and not rely on his athleticism so much because the older he gets, the more that disappears. Yeah. And he's talked about, he's talked before uh, about developing his shot and getting his shot right, but we didn't see it this season. And that, I think that was mainly due to, the direction the Rockets took, the small ball, the, the pocket yep. Rockets, as I've heard it called, which I yep. like a lot. But um, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, small ball won't win a championship. You know, we've heard, you know, people talk about that a lot. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a winning formula, especially against teams like the Lakers. 
Then again, like, I mean, people always said defense wins championships. I feel like if anything's ever going to break that mold, it needs to be something crazy like small ball. Just some hyper offense, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, maybe maybe massive ball is a thing as well. Massive ball. That's kind of <laughs> what, I guess that's kind of what the Nuggets are doing. I mean. That's, yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, yeah. Yeah, they can play a bit of massive ball, but, you know, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, LeBron also made Russ his son. You know, yes. He's kicked yeah. off Bronny for that video. He's kicked out Bronny and he's taken Russ as his son because <laughs> um, he got the massive dunk on him and then blocked him pretty pretty embarrassingly a couple times in this series. Mm. I mean, and, like, this was kind of, like, one of the parts where you just saw, yeah, LeBron, he's still pretty good, like, it. Throughout these playoffs, it's kind of developed, like, the storyline that he isn't necessarily the best player on his team, but, like, you know, you saw flashes of it here. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Um, And considering how much I hated this series, I don't have a stat for it. Like, I couldn't find anything that really <laughs> jumped out for me, and I just did not want to put the time into researching it because of how much I just did not enjoy watching this series. Just a run-of-the-mill five-game series, I think. Yeah. I think it was just a very normal series, as, yeah. as weird as that sounds. Also, I'd say um, Playoff Rondo made his appearance this series. Playoff Rondo, yeah. 10 points, 7 assists, 2 steals, 44% from 3 on some pretty decent attempts I saw. Um, Yeah, he sort of made his presence known in this series. All right, let's move on to Clippers Nuggets, unless you had anything else on that series. No, let's go. All right, so the Nuggets come back from 3-1 down for the second time. In the same way. Another one. Another one. Yeah, so the first team to ever come back from down 3-1 twice in the same playoff series. You know, if if round one was the Murray series, round two was kind of the Jokic series. It really was. 13 rebounds, 7 assists, shot 40% from three. And I think that actually dropped over time. Like, I think it was higher at some points. It was still making the big ones, though. That's for sure. Towards the end of the series. He really took over towards, like, as the comeback came. I think he figured out that, you know, Zubac is nice for the Clippers, but he can't hang with Zubac Jokic. just constantly in foul trouble, yeah. And then- yeah, and Harrell's too small. Like, yeah. He's, yeah, he's a dog. I like Harrell, but, you know. I like him a lot, yeah. Uh, he can't keep up with Jokic and his big, his big milk body. His big, his big, no, this is skinny Jokic we're talking about, right? Oh, true, skinny Jokic, yeah. <laughs> Those are lies, I think. We got lied to. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's lost a little bit of weight. Just a little bit. You're the, you're the Nuggets fan, so I'll go with you. <laughs> um, let's see. So, yeah, obviously, the Clippers... Like, a lot of people will say that, you know, the Clippers gave up this series. That they just, you know, as soon as they faced some adversity, as soon as the Nuggets started playing well, the Clippers just couldn't keep it going. Like, yeah. they had 16-point leads in, I think, games 5 and 6. And they had, like, a 12 or 13-point lead in game 7, which they ultimately ended up losing by, like, 15 points. Yeah, like I've, the Clippers just had no fight in them. Yeah, I think they got up and they sort of. I think they celebrated too early. I think I like a lot of the players on this Clippers team, but I didn't like them together. They no. seemed they seemed really, you know, up themselves and arrogant, like they'd already done something. Yeah, which um, only I, Kawhi had. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi's sort of standing around like, "What are you guys doing? It's not over yet." And yeah. he put up he put up some good numbers until Game Seven. Yeah. Which um, I think was the big, yeah, the biggest takeaway was just the Clips absolutely crumpling in Game Seven in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure 
Paul George and Kawhi hit one shot each in that fourth quarter on it's something like that, yeah. On numerous attempts. And yeah. the Nuggets just sort of ran away with it. Yeah. And- I, I, I was in class as that series was happening. I was like just constantly clicking. And like I clicked away <laughs> for a second. I look back. I'm like, oh, wait, they're up by like 10 now. What happened? <laughs> I mean, Murray in game seven at 40 points. Yeah. Huge yeah. Murray game in game seven. And, you know, not as obviously not as historic as his first round series, but still 23 points, six assists, fairly still good percentages. I mean, even I against these. This one like really solidified it because, you know, there was no defense in round one. At For least sure. on paper, the Clippers are really good defensively, at yep. least in the perimeter. Like, you know, he was matched up against, he, he he struggled when he was matched up against Kawhi, but like, you know, come the end of the series, he just took over. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of two-man game between Jokic and Murray got them back into it. You know, yep. Porter Jr. had some contributions. You know, Grant's a good defender, a good energy guy, a good you know, duck-in guy to get some dunks and some layups. Yeah. Paul Millsap, we got a pissed-off Paul game. <laughs> pissed-off Paul. The, the the comeback in game six, I think it was. With the I think it the was te- five. I think it was game five. I think so. I okay. think it was, yeah, they, they were like down and out. And then I don't remember which Morris brother it is. Was it Marcus Morris? Yeah, Marcus is on the Clippers. <laughs> Marcus is on the Clippers. Yeah, he just, I don't know, he got in Millsap's face. I think he hit him or something, or I don't know. They got into a bit of a altercation, and Paul Millsap was like, I'm going to drop 14 points this quarter. <laughs> I don't think he dropped 14 in a game. Like, I, I was going to say, I don't think he scored 14 for the rest of the playoffs. It didn't yeah. feel like it anyway. <laughs> but no, he just came out there, he gave them some energy, and the Nuggets just kept coming back, no matter how far they got down every game. You know, Jokic Murray, they just kept fighting. And then yeah. it, all you needed was just one other guy to contribute on each night, and that happened sometimes. That happened with Michael Bougie and Jeremy Grant. I think Gary yeah. Harris had one good game in there as well. He was a bit of energy back, I thought, towards the end of yeah. the, uh, the Jazz series, and then he played a. He was a good defender, I thought, for the for them against you know Pandemic P. He also had a pretty. Yeah. He, I think, he upgraded in this series to pede- pedestrian P at least till oh, yeah. Game Seven. He averaged <laughs> what do you have? Twenty-one, five, and three on a bit better shooting. Yeah, but um, still not the performance you want from Paul George. Yeah, I mean, and. You- you didn't get any glimpses of, like, Nuggets' massive ball here, but, like, they probably could have done it a bit. Like, you know, you can play Jokic, you can play Grant, you can play MPJ. Like, that's a big... They're like, big front. lineups, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, when, when Barton's back, if if he comes back and looks decent, you know, you throw him in there, maybe you even throw ball ball in there just for a bit of fun. <laughs> like, you could be playing with your shortest player as 6'5", and your point guard is 7-foot Jokic. Well, remember so, the first game back in the seeding games, that massive lineup. Game. That, yeah, um, so the Nuggets trotted out. It was Jokic, Grant, Millsap, Plumley, Bobo. Or Bobo was playing small forward, and he's seven foot two. Yeah, seven, seven foot three. three. Yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> that's what? a ridiculous lineup. <laughs> and like he actually played small forward too. Like he he was shooting. He, he's he agile enough. Oh uh, yeah, he got shots up. I don't know if he made many, but he got shots he, up. He, he made a couple of transition. He had some really fun like full court passes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun time, remember that far back? The bowl bowl game. Uh, the bowl bowl game. I think it was like 16 to 10 and he had like six blocks or something. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I think that was one of the warm-up games, wasn't it? It wasn't even a seeding game. I don't think it was. I think it was just the first game in the bubble. Yeah. Like, in, in general. <laughs> Good times. Right, and I mean, so, Ka- and- yeah, Kawhi had, a decent, Kawhi had a decent series. 24 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Shot 44% 
from the field. Pretty bad from three. I think it was thirty percent from three. But um, yeah, but yeah, he just sort of seemed to not get to his spots as well, especially in the latter yeah. half of the series. Yeah, ultimately you wanted him to take over as your best player, and he just didn't. He just had a bad game, and I know we saw a lot of hot takes from people, you know, about how good Kawhi is now. Is he actually that good? Was last year a fluke? I think Kawhi is still, still very probably the third best player in the league. But so. um, yeah, I think he just had a bad game. Yeah, but it was the wrong time to have a bad game. Um, it certainly was, that's for sure. And speaking of that game, Jokic had 16 points, 22 rebounds, and 13 assists in, ga- in Game 7. Uh, the only other player to ever do that in playoff history is Wilk Chamberlain. We've heard a bit of Wilk Chamberlain talk here today with uh, Luka Doncic as well. But I bet, yeah, yeah. there's some bit, been some big numbers. If you compared to Wilk Chamberlain in terms of stats, like, that, that's yeah, something. It was, it was very impressive. Like, and to think that was a game seven. Like, usually game sevens are really gritty and gross. No one scores that much. Like, look at the Nuggets' first round game seven. 80 to 78 was the final score. Yeah. And then Jokic, 16, 22, and 13. Ridiculous. Just big numbers for a big man. Yes. All right. Let's get to the conference finals here. So, back in the East, the Celtics versus the Heat. The Heat win 4 2 and are heading to the NBA finals. What? I know there's a lot to take away from this series, but what are your big ones? Uh, big ones. Um, Bam is incredible. Bam and Tyler Hero are special. I mean, they really, really put a stamp. I mean, game one, that massive block by Bam, you know, two of his fingers went numb on on that. How how does your wrist go like that? (laughs) It's not possible. It's, he's a freak. I mean, that just shows how, I mean, his left hand, he was late to the play. And that just shows how special Bam is, I think. And um, yeah, for the series, Bam had 22 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, 1.7 steals and a block. I mean, that's special. He was the Heat's leading scorer. Tice really couldn't do much to stop him. I mean, Bam would, you know, he's consistent for all the game and then he'd have a big quarter. He had a big, uh, I think it was game four or game three, had a big third quarter that really got Mm -hmm. us back into it. Um. Yeah, just him and Tyler Hero. I mean, that magical, magical game four for Tyler Hero. Yeah. Just but, unreal. But let's not ignore game six. Um, you know, each of them kind of had their own turn to kind of take oh. over in game six right towards the end. Bam had yep. his moments where he just took over for a few possessions. Tyler Hero hit some good threes. Duncan Robinson ha- oh. had a few good shots in there. Shooter. Man, that, <laughs> that fourth quarter by Bam in game six is. Probably some of the best basketball I've seen. It was oh, yeah. unreal. Yeah, he just went in there, just got whatever he wanted. And like that dunk, oh my God. On Tice, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you talked earlier about how um, Bam's a, a playmaker like Jokic, but he doesn't bring the ball up as much. I th- Bam has yeah. the ability to bring the ball up. And he yeah. showed that against Tice at game six. Four straight possessions, I think it was. Got the yeah. dunk, got the little step back and one little mid-range shot that he's developed this year and then had the nice I will say I don't think that was a foul (laughs) he didn't he didn't have room to land come on Ramiz okay okay and then yeah got the nice dish to Jimmy inside for the little layup I mean it was really incredible and then yeah Hero had his own little 6-0 run got us back in the game when I thought oh here we go the Celtics are gonna run away with it here we'll go to game seven yeah Tyler Hero said none of that and um it really was 
quite special to see. And I mean, I think the big takeaway ultimately from the team's perspective is how the Heat performed in the clutch against the Celtics. I mean, games one and games two, both Celtics had a 10-point lead in uh, both of those games. In the third, the Heat come back and win it in the fourth. I think I think the Celtics were leading for 75% of the minutes through games one and four, like mm. one through four. I mean, it really was heroics at the end of it to sort of bring it back. And it's, it's crazy the fact that it wasn't Jimmy Butler doing it. It was no. everyone else. I mean, it really was. Dragic had big games. Hero, obviously, that historic game four. Butler was, he was consistent. I mean, he wasn't consistently great, but he was consistent, especially at the start of the series, I thought. I feel like he should have turned it up a bit more. That game three yeah. loss, I feel like he should have given it a bit more. Um, but game six, he was very assertive. He came out, yeah. and game five even. Even though we lost that, he came out. He was assertive. And he put his put his fingerprints on the game straight away, which I thought was good. Yeah. I mean, I think the big reason they came out so hard in game six was because, you know, game five was a bit of a dud for some of the guys, especially Bip. But you know, he I think a quote for him was he was just like, I played like ass. So he yeah. just went out there and played not like ass. No, had an unreal game, a truly special game, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. the zone was, you know, obviously a big talking point. That- yeah, I mean, the At very times that was rough. It was rough. I I could not get behind it from about since we lost game three. I couldn't get behind it. Like they were just scoring on every single zone possession we had. Yeah. I mean, they had they had like one point four points per possession in game. What was it? Game three, I think, against the zone or game five, maybe. Yeah, they were just scoring every single time down, and like the shots they missed weren't contested shots and then we still played it in game six and i still hated it and then the fourth quarter zone i don't know what happened but we just absolutely shut the six down they yeah. panicked they took bad shots they t- like they took a lot of threes that were well contested by the heat i mean it really was See, i mean I, it, to me it didn't feel like the Celtics played that bad in, uh, in the fourth quarter of game six it really just felt like the heat just outplayed them yeah well, I feel like this Celtics settled a bit too much. I think that's what ended up. You know, Tatum had a bit of a run at the start, so probably about five minutes left. But then, yeah, you know, they got down four, and then they got down six, and with about three minutes left, so makeable a make, you know, a distance, a gap you can make up. Yeah, and still they just started chucking and panicking. I thought Marcus Smart took thirteen threes, I think, in that game. Yeah, he was four yeah. for thirteen in Game Six. I mean. Talk about the barometer for the Celtics. If Smart's getting up that many shots, it's sort of Which not good for you. No. Um, yeah, so obviously the big, obviously you said the big game there was game four from Tyler Hero, in which he had 37 points, six rebounds, and three assists. He also shot 66% from the field, 50% from three, and hit 100% of his free throws. He made five threes and four free throws. The only other player to ever do that in a playoff game, Kevin Durant in the 2016-17 finals. Special. Yeah. Just special. And I mean, yeah, it just absolutely came out, got whatever he wanted, had Mark Smart on him, didn't care, step back three, all that. Yeah. What did you think of the Celtics in this series? I think, I don't know, they, they showed me that they're a good team, but they're not quite there. But they also did show me that next year they could be there. 
Like I, yeah. I would not count the Celtics out for next year. They're such a young team, like very, very similar to the, you know, my Nuggets. Really young team. They went out there. They performed, I'd say, better than people would expect it, or probably about as well as people expected. Like it was weird yeah. to hear that the Celtics were in the not last year, but the two previous years. I think the Celtics were in the conference finals, or something like that. Something like that. Definitely the yeah. year before Kyrie. Well, the first year of yeah. Kyrie, definitely, because that was Jason Tatum's coming out party. Yeah. But um, not sure about the year before that. Yeah, it was just weird to see, like, oh, yeah, these guys have been there a few times. And, like, that's a good sign, I'd say. Like, you know, these young guys went there kind of as secondary guys, and now they've gone there as lead guys. That's exactly the experience they need. And they've really got to leg up against a lot of the competition next year. Yeah, I think Jalen so, Brown's about to take another step as well. I think so. He showed some real potential this series. I mean, Tatum, 26-10-6 with a steal and a block. You know, mm. his playmaking really improved over the series against the zone. Um, he wasn't the guy that they threw it to in the middle, but he was making plays, making passes, finding the open guy. Brown, 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists, one and a half steals, 50% from three, and hitting big clutch shots too. Even in games they lost, keeping them close and keeping them in it. Yeah. Um, and his defense is spectacular. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you got to be scared of them defensively with Smart, with Brown, with Tatum, with Tice. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kemp is not exactly the best defender in the world, but he's not, like, a super-duper weak league. Like, he's not the kind of guy that you're going to attack every single possession, I don't think. No, but he was in foul trouble all series, and I think the Dragic definitely took it to him. Uh, Tyler yeah. Hero would take it to him. Jimmy Butler, especially. Whenever Kemba was on Jimmy Butler, it would be straight down to the post with Jimmy. And he'd pretty much get whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kemba had a rough series. 19 yeah. points, uh, four rebounds, five assists. Wasn't shooting it great. Yeah, and like I said, he was in foul trouble all series. But also, let's not ignore the fact that this was his first time out of the first round in his entire that, career. That is true. It's kind of hard to, like, kind of unbelievable to think about that. Like, to it see someone his- who's been an all-star multiple times, all-NBA kind of guy. You know, never make it out of the first round before. I mean, you've seen, obviously, like, some bigger names did it. Tracy McGrady was like that. But, yeah, you know, you, you see it. It's like, wow. Okay. This was yeah. not... It wasn't a great player front. It wasn't a great series here. But, you know, as the third, maybe fourth guy, you know, you, you'll take that, I think. Yeah. And I think the Celtics are going to be scary next year now that all of them have this experience. And, you know, Tatum has experience as a first guy, kind of, from his rookie run. But yeah. I think that was different in that he sort of, you know, he obviously got thrusted into that because yeah. when Kyrie went down and um, no Hayward for that season after that injury. But um, this year he came in prepared. He looked the part. I mean, especially like in this series, he would hit some massive shots, had a 28-point second quarter, game five. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely ripped the heart out of the heat. Um, second quarter or second half? Second half. Yeah. Scoreless in the first half, 28 in the second half. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, he started out, what, 0 for 7, and then he just took over. Yeah, just hit shot after shot against the zone. I think that was where, that was by peak depression with the zone, was that <laughs> second half, because we would not go away from it. Yeah, I was going to call you to watch the game with you, but then you were just like, <laughs> you didn't respond, and then afterwards you were like, trust me, you didn't want to. <laughs> no, I was I was too depressed, too, too angry, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else on that series? Um, just a quick thing on Brad Stevens. Uh, are we? Yeah, are we sure he's as good as advertised? I think Brad Stevens is a good coach. I I would not doubt Brad Stevens. 
I don't know. It just felt like sometimes they failed to make adjustments defensively, especially on a lot of the on the switching side of stuff. Because Jimmy sure. really abused Kemba. But I mean, yeah, I heard you know Bill Simmons. He's a big you know Celtics fan, the Celtics fan, and he yeah. you know he was sort of doubting if Brad Stevens had what it to, you know had what it takes to win a big playoff series. So we'll see okay. how that. I mean- he has, like I said, he has taken to the taken them to the conference finals a few times with different sorts of teams, different looking teams, and again, all these guys have really developed into good players. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, especially. Yep. I think, you know, don't doubt him just yet. If they if they have another flame out next year, then you know, definitely start looking at you know, yeah. where is this issue coming from? Is it Brad Stevens? But I I I believe in him. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. Also, one thing, sorry, before, uh, from the Clippers Nuggets series, uh, I was just going to say, since Doc Rivers got fired, uh, Paul George has now screwed two people in the Rivers family. <laughs> in the Rivers family. <laughs> that is funny. I saw that. That's a, yeah, so, that's a long story with him and his wife. My goodness. Is, okay, with, well, uh, just for context, it was Doc Rivers' daughter. He was dating. I think they were engaged, and then he cheated engaged. on her. Yeah. Yeah. So he's taken two rings away from uh, Rivers' yeah. family members, and uh, I'm not sure if you knew this, but Seth Curry was talking smack to him in that Maverick series because Seth, Seth Curry, Curry is now dating. Yeah, Seth Curry is dating uh, Doc Rivers's daughter now, like they're married or something. Okay, okay. And he got this and one on him, and yeah, it gave him a bit of smack talk. Yep. Oh, another fact on dating. I think is Tyler Hero's girlfriend Cole Kuzma's ex. Oh, I didn't know I that. I saw that today. Is it? That would be interesting. I think I saw that today. Oh, that, oh that's spicy. <laughs> that's I hope that's, that's true. <laughs> I hope that's true. All right. Oh, man. Well, well, she's, at the, she's at the bubble too. I know that much. Is she? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I hope that's true, Ramiz. That's spicy. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of Kyle Cruz, but Lakers versus Nuggets, the Western Conference Finals matchup. Lakers win 4-1. So, sadly, the miracle run for the Nuggets was over. Um. Had them right where they wanted them. Yeah. Right where they wanted them. But yeah. ultimately, the king stayed king. Yeah. LeBron just took over in game five. I was going to say, and I'll let you he, take the take the reins on this one, Ramiz. He proved that he is still definitely the best player in the world. Like I was alluding to before, you know, there were sides of it. Like, is he the best player on his team or not? Yes, he absolutely is. That yeah. fourth quarter, that, that killed me. But I was also like, I mean, what can you do? It's LeBron. It's King, it's King, LeBron. Yeah. yeah, that that game five was pretty special. I mean, you've got a stat here for it, but oh my goodness, just got whatever he wanted in that fourth, hitting shots. Find it, finally found his jumper after sort of struggling with it all playoffs, yeah. really. Um, yeah, it was pretty special. And it wasn't like it was uncontested; like he just went in there and he just took whatever shots he wanted. And they just went yeah. in. He had he had nine points on his own, and that's ultimately what put the Nuggets away right towards the end of the game. Like they were they were in it; they had they were just down by a couple of points, but LeBron just took over. Um, obviously, one of the big things from the series was questionable foul calls the entire time. I won't go into it; I'm a little bit salty, but like <laughs> I think it, it went both ways. It really did go both ways, and ultimately, even if the refs were a little bit biased against the Nuggets, they didn't cause the Nuggets to lose four games. Like, yeah, at, at some point, you can't blame the refs, and I think. Kind of game game five was like yeah no you can't blame the refs for this yeah LeBron and AD just too much obviously the yep. better duo but I mean AD hits that game winner in game two 
of a oh, yep. very poor uh, Plumley Grant Plumley. Yep. switch. Yeah. That yeah, it really could have been a closer series, like yep. a longer series than it actually it showed. Like it it for sure. It feel like it should have been a six or seven gamer. Um, yep. But I still think the Nuggets can you know walk away with their head high after this oh, series. For sure, for sure. Playoffs, I mean, I the mean, thing is they've they've improved every year since Mike Malone became coach. Like yep. they they lost in the second round last year and now they've made it to the conference finals and took a game against LeBron and like you know you know that meme where it's like uh, if you're gaming and you sit forward in your chair and you go into yeah, concentration yeah. mode yeah like that's yeah. what they did to LeBron like they made LeBron go into concentration mode which for sure not a lot of teams have done no I mean that was that clip going around of LeBron completely locked in before starting game five so um yeah they definitely made him sweat a bit yeah like they they're just Add them to the list of teams that just ran into LeBron, which is yeah. getting even longer now. Longer and longer. <laughs> longer every true. year, except last year. But every year in the last 10 years, LeBron's been to the finals and a team just unfortunately ran into him. At least in the conference finals, yeah. <laughs> At least in the conference finals. There was that Game of Zones thing a few years back where it was like the Feast of the East or something like that, where it was like, it just showed replays I of a bunch that. of teams. <laughs> <laughs> This is our year, LeBron. We're making the finals this year. And then LeBron is just like, really? We're doing this again? We've done this like eight times. Yeah, it is <laughs> and now fun. it's the West. Um, yeah. Look, Mar- Murray and Jokic played well. Jeremy Grant re-signed that man. Oh, what a re-signed series from Jeremy Grant. 16 <laughs> points for the series, four rebounds. You know, good energy guy. Good defense a great, as well. Like, a great trade like the at the start of the yeah, they literally just traded a first rounder for him. This year's first yeah. rounder, which is not going to be the best pick in the world. I mean, I'll regret to say that if the Thunder picks someone amazing for him, but for yeah. it, but you know, you'll take that trade no matter what I'd say. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the stats don't really reflect what Jeremy Grant did, not just in the series, but throughout the playoffs. Like he was constantly being matched up against the best players, and he he did at least a decent job of slowing them, maybe not stopping them. Like obviously, LeBron twenty seven ten and nine. You know, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> he obviously didn't stop him, but Anthony Davis had a really bad rebounding series, which was interesting. It was interesting. I mean, I guess we saw more Dwight playing more alongside Dwight. playing alongside Anthony Davis. I don't, I didn't check Dwight's rebounding numbers, but I'm sure that played a part. Yeah, but uh, I mean, magical offense, 31 points, three assists. Yeah. I mean, just pretty much getting whatever he want. You know, Paul Millsap had a bit of a rough time with it. I'd say. Yeah, I mean that that's that's what got me with the foul calls, right? Like I think Paul Wilson was decent defensively on him, but like Anthony Davis, you know, he he threw up those he threw up those mid range shots, he'd fall over, maybe over himself, maybe he'd kind of trip a little bit and then you get the call, which was very frustrating to watch. But you know, ultimately he outplayed them. Like that's what it came yeah. down to. Yeah. Um <laughs> Paul Wilson did do a bit of a Reggie Miller kick out with his leg on a three um in game five, but yeah. you know, it didn't really it didn't do anything for them, unfortunately. Um <laughs> He didn't. He didn't get the call. But you know what? This series has taught me for the Nuggets in particular is they just need to get a backup big. Like re-sign Jeremy Grant, re-sign Tory Craig. You can bring back Paul Millsap only if it's on a veterans minimum. If it's anything more than that, don't bring him back. <laughs> and then get like get a big, big strong defensive center because I love Plumley, but Plumley is not that guy. You know, get yeah. get a bruiser, get it, get an Aaron Baines. They, what they needed was a Dwight Howard this series, really. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think Aaron Baines would be a good fit with them. You know, he's yeah. he's 
stretch it out to the three, which you love to see from the Aussie. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens in the off season. Plumley tries; he's an energy guy, but he's yeah. really not sort of a skill guy that they need or a like bruiser a as much. Ago, yeah, a few years ago he was on Richard Jefferson's podcast, but Richard Jefferson was to the Nuggets, and Plumley's so funny. Like he he became like a regular on the podcast because of how funny he was. <laughs> Which I did not expect. But... I didn't catch any of that, no. <laughs> no. I don't think many people did. I don't think many people were listening to Road Trippin' when RJ was on the Nuggets. But... Is that RJ and Channing Fry? Is that their podcast? It was, but they it was just RJ while he was on the Nuggets. Because like, they started when they were together on the Cavs, but then they yeah. obviously went separate ways. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th- Chan- I think they're back to doing it, I'm not sure. I was going to say, is Channing Fry retired? Yeah. He is? Okay, I don't sure. remember. I'm pretty I'm sure he is. He's retired. Yeah, um, but yeah, like get a get a big bruiser. But ultimately, you can walk away handheld high from this series, from this player front coming back from three one down twice, and then making LeBron go serious. Like losing to LeBron is not, you know, it, it's not the something to be ashamed of, really. No, because it's and like, I mean Murray especially still Yeah, exactly. Murray <laughs> especially still had a great series. Yeah, twenty five points, seven assists on. Not as great as efficiencies, but it's still, you know, it's the conference finals. You can't expect 50% from three. But um, no. he still pretty much got to where he wanted, I thought. He got his shots. He made some big plays. Jokic, yep. it seemed like he tailed off the more Dwight played. I'm not sure how much, or at least towards the end of the series, I'm not sure how much of an impact Dwight had, but it seemed like Dwight was definitely playing physical with him, making it hard for him. Jokic finished with... 22 points a game, seven rebounds, five assists, and two steals, which is pretty impressive. But yeah, I mean, Dwight was really just a disruptor. Like ultimately, <clears throat> um, he just got in Jokic's way and really frustrated him. And that that was a big issue with like Jokic getting a few of those bad fouls that he shouldn't, he really yeah. shouldn't go for. But again, some bad calls, some just bad play. Yeah, but um, uh, overall, a very a very great playoff run for the. Nuggets, a lot of a lot to be excited for the next couple of years. Yeah, and the stat from this series is obviously LeBron. So LeBron in Game Five put up thirty-eight points, sixteen rebounds, and ten assists. The first time in playoff history, um, someone's put up like that good a stat line in a closeout win. And you know that's what LeBron does. He closes series out. That's that's what Kawhi Leonard couldn't do. That's what Donovan Mitchell couldn't do. King says king, baby. King stays the king. All right. Well, that is every series. <laughs> That was so far. Um, now, let's get to our finals predictions. Shall we? Do you want to start? I'm very excited, Ramiz. This is going to be an absolute dogfight, I think. This is going to go long. It's going to be a long series. Um, you know, it's sort of two contrasting ways of building a team. You've got the two stars in LeBron and AD, you know, easily the two best players in the series. Yep. But then you've got sort of three, three through eight maybe yep. for the heat i mean jimmy butler bam tyler hero the way he's playing right now duncan robertson who could shoot the lights out Dragic, yep. who's scoring 20 a game for this these playoffs i mean yeah the only thing i'd debate you with with you there is i think i'd take rondo over duncan robertson but it's it's tight it is tight yeah <laughs> um yeah i think the real question will be how well do we defend the Lakers two stars? I think yeah. I think we match up well on paper. I mean, we've got the wing guys that did so well against Yardis. 
But obviously, yep. LeBron's, you know, the way he's playing is just on a different level. Yeah. Um, we've got, got Iggy, the LeBron stopper. Yeah. I mean, we've got Iggy, we've got Jay Crowder, who's physical. He's not as skilled as a defender as you might think, but he, he competes hard. And of course, yep. Jimmy Butler, who I feel like in the fourth, three minutes left, he switches it on to some different level that very, very few guys can get to defensively. Like okay. in the Celtic in the Celtic series, it just seemed like he would pick passes out of the air that he had no business getting. Like towards the end of the game, especially in that zone yeah. um, where him and Iggy would play up top. Um, and then we've got Bam for Anthony Davis, which I think is going to be a fun matchup to watch. Like, oh, Bam's, for, sure, for sure. Bam's not the offensive player, like not even close to what AD is at the moment. Um, yeah. But defensively, they're going to be so well matched up against each other. Yeah, I'd have them as the top two big man defenders in the league. Personally, I think that's fair. Um, so really, the Heat's defense because I feel like the Heat's guards and our perimeter players can pretty much torch the Lakers guys. Like I'm real, I really have no faith in KCP, Rondo, Caruso. I mean, Danny Green. It hit Danny Green's a quality player, and he shows up for the finals sometimes. Sometimes but, is the key I mean, word. Yeah. At least defensively, he seems like he's there for the finals. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that the way the Heat play, all the handoffs, running, you know, an old Rondo around, uh, dribble handoffs and stuff like that. And it Rondo's a bit smaller, so if we get a switch uh like we did with Kemba with Butler, that's an easy two points. Yeah. Um and all all the offensive threats that the Heat have, it's going to be really difficult for the Lakers to keep track of them all. I think. Yeah. I ultimately, I think what it will come down to is, you know, how well do the Lakers play team ball, and then how well do the Heat play? So, like, how well do the Lakers defend team ball, and how well do the Heat contain stars? Because yeah. if you could slow and potentially stop one of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, I look. I don't see Kyle Kuzma stepping up. I don't see Danny Green stepping up. He's bricked. He bricked quite a few in the Nuggets yeah. series. Um, yeah. KCP. So, KCP was good in the the Nugget series, but I I don't think he's gonna like reproduce that. Yeah, no, I don't trust the Lakers role guys. I mean, especially Kuzma on this big stage. You know, first time this deep, he yeah. hasn't really. He's averaging ten points a game or something for the playoffs, which is yeah. you know, it really is how far. LeBron and AD take them, or for this series, how well can the Heat contain AD and LeBron? Which you yeah. know is no easy task. Easier said no. than done, obviously. I mean, I yeah, two top five players on the court together. It's really going to be tough, but um, I don't know. I like the Heat's chances. I think we we're such a together team. We've got such great chemistry. We've always got fight. You know, we've got dogs like just to go out there and compete always like Bam, Jimmy, Jay Crowder, Tyler Hero, Dragic, all those guys go out there and they compete for 48 minutes. Um, So, you know, obviously a bit biased in my prediction, but I see the heat winning in seven. Okay. For me, I think like, like you said, I think the big key is, you know, do LeBron and AD just take over that series. I think they're going to try. Can the Heat stop them? Um, yeah. I think a big thing to watch will be able, will the Lakers guards be able to stop Hero Drugage? I don't think they will. Um, 
So I in in our notes I've written my heart says heat at seven, my head says legs at six. Let, let me tell you why I've said that because um in <laughs> in round two I picked the Clippers at five with my head, but the Nuggets at seven with my heart. My heart was right there, but I also picked Lakers at five with my head and then Nuggets at seven with my heart in the conference final. So I'm one and one. My heart is one and one. <laughs> um, but if you don't follow your heart, what are you doing? Give me the heat at seven. Give me the heat at seven. Let's go. Give me the heat. This is going to be the newest heat podcast on the internet because I feel like a few oh, more God. have sprung up these playoffs. Um, <laughs> Can it be heat a- Nuggets at least? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a what a podcast this would have been if that happened. Yeah. Do you ha- do you have a bold prediction for the finals? I do. With with the heated seven pick, give me give me Tyler Hero winning finals MVP. As as crazy as that sounds, give me that Tyler Hero winning finals MVP. And I checked yesterday. I don't know if this is exactly right, but if he does win it, assuming no stoppages happen, like because of you know uh, the Black Lives Matter movement or anything like that. He will be the youngest finals MVP in NBA history by, I think, about 10 days, roughly. The only wow. other is Magic Johnson. That is that is the hot take of, yeah. of the year. I mean, and I'm, I'm completely supportive. <laughs> You're here for it. I feel, here for it. I could, I feel, I'm here for it. I feel like it could happen. I mean. I, feel like, I think he could go out there and just score 25 a game. Like, especially with the matchups. I mean, I agree. Off the bench, too. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Yeah, off the bench, that, that's even bolder. Off the bench. I mean, I don't know, Ramiz. I like the pick. If It's probably I, happened. My pick, finals for finals MVP, my pick for finals MVP is Bam. I feel like he's going to be so influential if the Heat win to their wins. Yep. Um, so I'll go with Bam. But I like the hero pick. I love it. Yeah. Okay. If the Lakers do end up winning, is LeBron a lock for finals MVP? Do you think this is LeBron's series if the Lakers win? I don't think it's a lock, no, because Anthony Davis is that good. I, do I favor LeBron? Absolutely. I mean, I think out of reputation, almost he's going to win it. But yeah. if, if if Anthony Davis is really special, like he can be, I feel like he could absolutely win Finals MVP. I just don't see it. I see if the Lakers win, I think it's LeBron all the way. I don't care how badly LeBron plays. LeBron it does feel like five that, points a game, and he would still win Finals MVP. It does feel like that. That is for sure. It feels like he's earned it no matter what. Yeah, he's just he's just that good. And he is going to come in and dominate. Like I, I said, if he puts up five points a game, I can't imagine a history. If LeBron was 55 years old, he wouldn't put up five points a game. He'd put up more than that. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like I feel like he could average 25 until he retires. Yeah. Oh, easy. Easy. Like, it's just, it's nothing. I mean, he's so he well tries. prepared. When he tries. Yeah. I mean, he's so well prepared for the season. He's so, he's in such great shape. You know, he's arguably the GOAT. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's not a debate for this episode, but... Um, no, another time. Another yeah. time. Right. Well, anything else in terms of your finals prediction? No, I think that's it. That, you know, a very stats-packed field episode. Yes, yes. So... stats Oh, let's, 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 let's give a quick stat prediction. Uh, LeBron's going to average... LeBron's going to average a triple-double. I'm going to say that. <laughs> oh, really? But, in the they're going to keep Anthony Davis contained, but LeBron's going to average a triple-double. I mean, I could see it. Stats prediction. All right. I mean, he's pretty much average a triple double these playoffs already. All right. Uh, my prediction is that the Heat have three guys averaging twenty in the play in the finals. I could. Okay, I like that as well. That's a good one. Yeah. So, do you want to give names? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, and Bam. 
and then yeah. maybe drug maybe hero. hero. Yeah, maybe no, I, I think it's between those two guys. I, yeah, I think yeah. it'll be. I think Hero will average more than Dragic's series. I don't know. I, I see Dragic having a great series all round, but not not as dominant scoring wise. Yeah, maybe more playmaking wise because he's such a great dribble penetrator. But yeah, I feel like he might get some kick out options. So maybe, maybe, but we'll see. I'm very excited for this finals remise. I actually yes. can't believe yeah. the Heat have done it. Neither can I. <laughs> I can't say I'm happy about it. Uh, I, I like the Heat being there. Not so, not sure I love the Lakers being there, considering the last time the Nuggets went to the conference finals, they lost to the Lakers. Yeah. Um, that's tough. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, anyway, I'd say that's it for this episode of Stat Stuffers. That has been your big playoff recap slash preview. So get excited. The finals start, I guess, as of when we're recording this, in less than two days. Less than two days. That's right. So probably tomorrow by the time this comes out. So, yeah. <laughs> Get ready Get for the game recap. Yes, yes. We'll be doing recaps after every game, I'd say. Every game. We'll try it. We'll try it. Yeah, we'll see. We um, right. So, that's that's about all from us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stat Stuffers. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Stat Stuffers. You can find us on Facebook. You can look at us on Instagram. Is our Instagram... Stat stuffers or stat underscore stuffers? I think it's underscore. I, I think it's underscore stuffers, yeah. Stat underscore stuffers. Um, yeah, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. basically. I don't think we're on Apple Podcasts just yet, but we will get that sorted, uh, hopefully within the next few weeks. Other than that, thanks for listening. Thanks.